At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome back to the Leighton Stonewalls Film 2021 podcast series. My name is Stuart Wright. Regular listeners will know I've been the host of the Britflix podcast since 2013. For newer listeners who came here for the Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 content, I've been a resident of Leighton for over 20 years and I'm proud to be part of a film festival happening on my doorstep in East London, UK. In the previous nine episodes of the Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 podcast series, we were able to preview what was to come with many of the filmmakers, film organisations and venue owners taking part in this year's free four-day film festival. There were open-air screenings in Langthorne Park and indoor events in Leightonstone Library, St John's Church, Phillybrook, Heathcote and Star, Nexus Centre, online and more. As well as films, there were talks, film quizzes, installation, dancing, food, interactive trails and workshops. There was the world premiere of Stowe Films, One Day in Langthorne Park, as well as big screen classics such as Benelik Shabazz's Looking for Love, Ed Hondo's Caribbean epic West Indies, Joan Littlewood's Sparrows Can't Sing, where Barbara Windsor, among many others, first appeared in film, and cult classics like John Waters' Cecil B. Demented and the Thai heist thriller Bad Genius. There were Fourth Lands, spiritual journeys full of joy and self-discovery, Gary Lewis's Graveyard Shift tour that took in memories of Leighton Stone's film past. There were new shot films created, just like the pioneers of cinema did in the Victorian era with Dom Stinton. There was an exhibition offering a fresh take on posters of legendary film titles and so much more. Above all else, this four-day celebration of film and film cultures brought together many from the Leighton Stone community and attracted visitors to the area from as far as France and South Africa. This is Nazir and from Arpnet Film Club, which is a revival and the archive of the old South Asian cinema clubs that communities used to put together and run back in the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Indeed it is. So you want to remind people, what was it, what was you did at Leighton Stone Loves Film and how did it go? Uh, we actually met, were able to hold two screenings of classic Indian films. One is Satyajit Ray's Charalata and the other was... Um, Chaos, this 1960s epic, uh, historical epic, Mughalayazam. I remember now, yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, both amazing films. And yeah, both of them turned, went brilliantly. Yeah, we had performances from singers at both events and on the on our screening of Mughalayazam, we had dancers as well. And the turnout for all was great and seemed like people really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it was proper community cinema, loads of people getting together and talking, uh, you know, enjoying cinema as a collective i believe from because uh, one of one of one of the partners that i spoke to on on the part of this podcast was saying that like it was a real sort of uh involved and engaging experience coming to the apne film club you know there was it wasn't just sitting there watching a film 
Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it's it's all about community, isn't it? So we we you know, uh, something I noticed especially on our second event because it was a three. It's a three and a half hour film of Lars. Ooh, yeah, that's a monster. We had an in- interval in the middle. In the middle, and what I'd noticed is before the interval, everyone was. It was kind of somewhat a quiet screening. People were watching the film. You, you get a bit of talking every now and then, but then after. We had the interview and I noticed people who don't know each other, never spoken before. Everyone started talking to each other about what they've seen in the film so far. It was big. You know, everyone was really getting into it. And then when we came back into the film, we got the reaction we really wanted the whole time, which is people are talking throughout the film. You know, people are cheering and laughing <laughs> loud. It's, it, was, it, was, it became even more involved in the second half. And yeah, that's exactly what we wanted to go for, have a collected experience where everyone gets to come and enjoy something. We had chai and samosas and budgias and all this all this kind of stuff. But really it's all about getting people in and having all these people come in of, of all different ages. We had people as young as maybe three or four up until people in their 70s mm. coming. And it was amazing to see so many people coming to enjoy a old film that otherwise a bit more difficult to come across. Did you get any feedback from any any of the older generation of like how it reminded them of what had gone before? Yeah, they loved it. Yeah, so we had, um, I mean, there was one person who actually didn't get to attend our screening this year, but they attended our screening in 2019. um, And they said the atmosphere that we created with our screening of Piazza was the closest thing they've had to seeing a film back in Karachi in uh, which is amazing to hear. But even then, the the old the old generation that came to this event, they loved it. They thought it was amazing to see these kind of things again because they you know they, they thought they were a thing of the past, and somewhat they are a thing of the past. But hopefully, uh, you know, soon they won't be. So hopefully they'll be back in back in a, you know, back in the zeitgeist. What was um, outside of what you were doing? Was it what was it, any highlights for you at Leighton Stoneless Film? You want to share? I, I tried to attend as much as I can, but it was on a weekend where mm. I had a lot of other things happening, but I, I managed to attend maybe four or five events. Um, and the, honestly, the best that I had, I, the first thing I went to was the sound walk, the fourth land sound walk yeah. from, which is a walk through the park, uh, through from St. Andrew's church up to the temple, the mm-hmm. Hindu temple yeah. through, through that little part of Epping forest. Uh, whilst they they created a soundscape for you to walk upon where they'd be telling stories of the grandmother. And I was so moved by that experience. It really was like, it's, it's, it's quite something else. It was an amazing experience. I really, um, I thought it was just such a brilliant event. And so, yeah, yeah it's, 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 that really just took it all for me. That was, I mean, every event I went to was amazing. Uh, Not Another Film Club did a great screening of Bad Genius and a quiz after Again, that was a film I never would have seen. It's a, it's a heist movie. I don't know if you, if, I'm sure you must have heard of it, but it's a, it's, it's a heist film, but instead of them stealing an object, they're cheating on exams. It's about uh, secondary school students cheating on their exams. <laughs> it's done like a heist film. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. Um, and, you know, there was um, uh, Under London did an amazing event. Again, I never got to attend her. She did a whole Q&A with, um, uh, with, a bunch of independent streamers, streaming services. That's it. Yeah. A bunch of independent, that, that seemed like a great thing, but I, I went to the 
exhibition she had on. There's some great short films on there. It has a, just over everything that I managed to go to was great. Uh, and everything I didn't get to go to seemed great as well. I, I was so gutted I couldn't go to uh, We Are Parable screening of West Indies. I know Hassan, who's the other part of Upner Film Club, went and he said it was a great event as well. Excellent. So what's what's next for uh, Apney Film Club then? What have you got? Have you got anything planned? Any 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 vision for possibly? Hopefully, we have a couple more screenings coming up soonish in a month or two, maybe. Um, where nothing's concrete yet. Well, that, will that be in Leightonstone again? Or are you going going elsewhere? We wouldn't know at the moment, actually. Okay, it's not something we'd know. You know we'd, we're trying to keep to East London. Yeah. But you know, we'll see what we'll see what's available and see what we can do. But if pe- if people follow your Instagram, they'll they'll soon they'll find out what's happening. Yep, it'll all be on our Instagram and our Twitter and our new Facebook, which we got a couple of weeks before our event. Cool. Well, look, well let's watch this space then. Yeah, we're but we're always you know looking to collect stories. As I said, we're an archive as much as we are a revival. So if anyone has stories of these old Asian cinema clubs or the you attended them or you knew of them and new places that would have the that were hired out for these screenings, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop us a message on Instagram. We'll get back to you. That's this is the kind of thing we're collating when we're not doing screenings. We're creating we're posting stuff to our Instagram based on our history on the history of these film clubs and we're creating a archive of all of these things as well what was out of interest what was the last what was the last bit of history you got from from somebody writing into you what did somebody tell you well we had someone tell us about how he um walked uh, back in the 70s he walked an hour to walk uh to go to a cinema in bradford he walked was it from bradford to leicester i I can't remember he walked an hour from somewhere to get to cinema where they were screening a midnight screening of chalet which means he probably would have had to walk an hour back as well. But yeah, we had that, that's probably the one that always sticks with me, you know, that it was so difficult to come by, he'd walk so far. Or it was it was so desirable to get there, he was willing to walk the hour. Yeah, that too. It's the, I mean, it's just amazing stuff, all these, these screenings. I mean, we had um, someone who, who talked to us about how they remember seeing Mughal Azam for the first time in a cinema club like this, which was quite interesting. Well, look, sir, it, it just gives me to say thank you very much for coming back on the Leighton Stone Loves Film podcast. Thanks for having us. You are listening to the Leighton Stone Loves Film podcast series. Let's get back to the interviews. This is Ishik from Forthland. Um, Forthland is a collaborative art practice weaving stories between land and people. I've heard lots of things from other interviewees post Leighton Stone Loves Film but how was Leighton Stone Loves Film for Forthland themselves doing your, your event and your walk? The events felt really special because people were coming and having a sacred experience in a, sort of, in a secular way. And that was one of our intentions of the piece. Like, how can we connect with the sacred mm. and the ecological in a way that kind of breaks through any sort of cultural or faith kind of barriers? Yeah. And what was really special is people were coming and... Um, for an hour or two hour walk and then staying for six hours because they actually wanted to be in the energy after the event and had questions and wanting to bring aspects of themselves. And what was really special is it was a a real insight of actually how people are seeking this sacred or this connection and how art is actually a really beautiful tool to 
facilitate that meeting mm. or to welcome that meeting. And I was quite blown away by it, actually, because I saw so many people over those few days and everybody was having this experience. So there was a lot of intimacy, a lot of private um, personal stories shared, a lot of real heartfelt connecting going on between audience members and just everyone in a way that I wasn't really expecting. And particularly on the first night and the church was just absolutely full of people mm. and that they were then afterwards invited to stay. And the room, the energy in the room was just beautiful. It was electric, it was electric actually, and it felt glorious. I was like, wow, beautiful. Everyone sort of come with an intention. And then through the performance and through the film, that sort of intention grew and everyone opened their hearts and something really incredible happened. Wow. I mean, I mean, how do you prepare yourself for, obviously you can prepare yourself for the, for the hour walk, but then when people want to stay and continue the conversation or continue how they feel or explore how they feel, how, how do you prepare for that? I guess it's thinking about it being insert, like I was in, I was in service. So it's not like, I think, I don't think that, time frame then sort of fits when you've decided you're in service so there's a process of like surrendering to that which means you know you're you are making yourself around because you have a a feeling that that might want to come from the work and a lot of the work that we're doing is always being in service to what the work wants to communicate how that wants to bring people together um but actually what it means on a practical level is I don't eat any sugar or have any caffeine. So like by the time it's happening, I'm like totally not in any of my own sort of needs in a way. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just in a flow. So there is, there is a preparation and an attuning going on for sure. So in, in terms of, you, you've said like the, the sort of, the, 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 the sort of macro description of it, but from, from, from what, Picking out highlights. Is there any particular highlights that, that sort of stand out for you from, from the experience? I think the Wednesday night performance and screening was really a highlight of the whole year, actually, because we had a great audience. It's beautiful talk beforehand by this theologian and curator called Rosalind Parker, who spoke with Laura, who'd commissioned the original work. And they, they, she'd written a piece which was called Hearing the Call which is essentially how we drop into another way of experiencing, which, are, which is about using our whole being as our sight and our attunement instead of just our eyes. And she shared this with everyone before then the performance. And it was just amazing to, for the women who are, you know, they're not seen outside of their own family. Like they even a big extended families and, but they're not seen outside of that. And for them to perform and see so many people come was incredible. And what was really moving is they'd actually invited their, some of their children. So there was grandchildren of the women, sons and husbands who were all coming for the first time. And for them to see so many other people who'd come and had this real deep connection with this work that their mum was doing, that they hadn't really paid any attention to whatsoever, you know, those kind of things are kind of priceless, really, because then you see these people looking at their mum or their wife afterwards going, wow, 
I didn't. And one of them said, mum, I didn't realise you were actually making an artwork. And I just think like things like that, like in terms of the participants was incredible. And it felt like it had the audience that the work one needed in a way. So in a way, like the people, the people you're engaging with, with the work to collaborate with, it's like, it's the start of something as much as, as much as the event is the end of something. Exactly. We often say, because we do a lot of storytelling in the work and we, um, the phrase, welcome to the end of the beginning. <laughs> Seems very apt. <laughs> so what, what's, what's next for Fourthland then? Well, we're actually about to start a project in Cornwall. Okay. So I will be going to Cornwall for a week every month. Mm-hmm. And it kind of flows from this work in a way because it's about connecting with the land, but it's situated in an old mining community in Cornwall. Okay. And what's like really incredible is this, so much stuff was extracted from the mine. And in a way it's like, it's the foundation of the kind of extractionist capitalism that then spread over the world. Yet there's now nothing there. Like the shops are empty. There is no work for people. Mm. Yet they're sort of sitting on a place that's now, it's like this void. And at the same time, these uh, Syrian families have been rehoused there. So it's this like incredible kind of context of how the families, these families who've been housed there sort of symbolically referenced giving back to a place that used to be full of migrants and passing people and is now completely empty. So we're taking on a little building and we're going to make um, performances in the land and the piece is called Rising Ark. Wow. Well, good luck with that. Thank uh, you. And thank you very much for coming back on the podcast to let us know how Leightonstone Love Song went for you. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was really great to be involved. You are listening to the Leightonstone Love's Film podcast series. Let's get back to the interviews. This is Quebecca Films, and I'm uh, one half of the duo. Uh, my name's Rebecca. And my name's Katie, and I'm the other half. Um, so together we make dance on, um, well, dance on screen and live works. Um, my background's in choreography and um, Becky's in film, and we've combined that together to create work. In- interesting, interesting. Right. Okay. So um, how was your Leighton Stoneless film? It was, I mean, such a brilliant experience from our perspective uh, to be involved in it on so many different levels as well. Um, I mean, we did quite a lot of different uh, events um, throughout. So we did collaborated with a few different other artists involved. Um, we did some film screenings and did some dance response to that. We've got people dancing uh, to some fun kind of 80s tunes at one point. Um, and then we also had the privilege of um, having a local woman tell her uh, story and kind of connection to the community uh, through a dance performance. Um, and I know that Katie shared my feelings towards Angela, the lady that did it, um, and we're just so proud of her. Like she's never danced on stage before, and she got up in front of crowds and just smashed it. Um, and it really seemed to resonate with a lot of people um, in the audience. Um, so that was really nice to see. And I think it's just made us think these stories are really important, and we should try and do this in other communities as well. So it's been very rewarding for us um, as artists. I think it's all a highlight that there's a really special moment when we did the collaboration with Women Over 50 Film Festival where mm-hmm. we had, I think, around 18 
um, woman and one man um, dancing together, doing a seated dance. And it's just, I mean, after the years we've had, um, it's just so brilliant to have everyone in a room together. And our um, our workshop was around themes of kind of connection and community. So it just felt really positive. Mm. Um, and, and another good thing is actually some of the people uh, who came to our workshops or took part in the project um, have actually gone on to tell us that they're joining dance classes. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, so there's a long-term impact. Um, and we've also had people give us their um, details because they're interested in may- maybe being a contributor for a future film or um, project. So that I think that just said something about um, the power of what we've done with one story and how that kind of is like a what skimming stone that will hopefully um, make others feel able to kind of access and be part of the arts and, and be heard. So, yeah, super special. Loved it. What, what do you think is key to to sort of introducing dance to people that aren't necessarily au fait with dance as a performance? I mean, we've all, we've all had a couple of shandies and danced at a wedding, but <laughs> there's another thing to stand in front of people and be performing as a dancer. What I loved about Leighton Stone Love's film is I felt like the audience is really... Um, it's a really safe space. I don't know the people there feel it because it's community and mm. it's free. And I think the um, the audience creates a really nice environment for people to step forward and be be brave. Um, I also think it's about yeah building the trust between us as artists and the people in the space and being quite responsive. If it's like more of a workshop setting, being quite responsive to those in the room. Um, and then I guess one of our workshops had to move indoors because of the rain which is a real shame because we really loved the setting of Langbourne Park but um Sunday Sunday was yeah. a washout yeah <laughs> um but we just did a really fun high energy um workshop and I think it's just yeah people are just smiling all the way through it so I think it's um sometimes not about yeah teaching necessarily the technique or um you know going to like too um, conceptual maybe and just hmm. just going with the kind of emotions and fun and bringing people together what's next for Quebec films what have you got on the horizon good question um well we've just we've actually done back-to-back uh weeks of festivals so we've just done um aging well festival in Brighton okay um which was really great we worked with um well, it was an intergenerational workshop initially, um, and then we worked with the um, older women to do some kind of reminiscent um, dance workshops. So that's something that we kind of want to continue doing as well. Um, we've got to finish our Arts Council report, so that's what we'll be doing <laughs> today. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, just getting out into more community, um, I think, reaching out to more women. As Kate said, we've had people express interest in working with us so kind of developing that relationship further um but hopefully just telling more stories and and reaching people that probably never would have thought that a film would would be made about their life Mm. but um you know we've got such a Angela great us such a lovely card um from being involved in the festival and it's it's rewarding on both sides I think so we just want to continue doing that fantastic well it sounds like you've got a, a lovely formula there for uh for making work and engaging people with the work. Thank you. Yeah, it seems to work. <laughs> well, look, it just gives me to say thank you very much for coming back onto the podcast to let us know how it went. Thank you very much. And thanks for your involvement as well, <laughs> recording the audio. <laughs>
Yeah, so should, I should add, I had, I had a bit of an inside track on the on Angela's performance. It was uh, exactly. It was interesting yeah. all round for me. You are listening to the Leighton Stone Loves Film podcast series. Let's get back to the interviews. This is Priscilla Igwe, and I'm from the New Black Film Collective. And how was your Leighton Stone Loves Film? It was ab fab, darling. It was really, really cool. Um, if I'd been, if I'd been to Leighton Stone Library before, I, I, don't, I just don't remember it. I don't, and it's a glorious building. It just has, it, you know, it just fools you on the outside. What's this little thing in the mm. corner? And then you go in and it's cavernous, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. And the space where we had the screening, oh man, rock and roll, proper lights, you know, stage. The works, I just felt a little bit fancy, to be honest, Stuart. So that was grand, real grand. And what, what did you show people? I showed um, a film called Looking for Love, which is one of the last titles um, that uh, the recently departed Melik Shabazz um, uh, made. Um, so he passed away this year at the tender age of, um, I believe, 67 in Zimbabwe. And so this was a bit of a tribute. And for me, it was really important and sentimental because I worked for him for, for a few years. Yeah, he took me under his wing. For me, you know, to get some sort of comparable, he's like our Spike Lee, to be honest. He did a lot of that British film. People know the likes of Horace Ove more. Um, but yeah, he was, he's a significant filmmaker and he's pretty much known for Burning Illusion. And he was part of the Cheddo, Cheddo 4 group that were, that were put together after the riots. Mm. So he has a, a quite significant body of work and he created a magazine and a film festival. The office was in a Black Horse Lane in Walthamstow. Oh, really? So, Yes. So it felt really right. It felt like a coming home yeah. to have this screening at um, Leighton Library. So originally I was going to do something on Black Lives Matter, Black Films Matter, but I switched over to this and it felt right. And I, and I felt like I honoured him um, in that moment, in that space. And what was really, really cool is that it's a documentary mm-hmm. um, featuring or stories about black people and relationships and romance and whatnot. And it's one of the documentaries that have a variety of talking heads and uses comedians for some comic relief. Right. And we had a couple, um, one called Donna Spence, another called Mr. C. And I called them up and they came down. Oh, wow. And Mr. C did a stand-up before the screening and, and Donna Spence and Mr. C had a little kind of couch conversation, which you see them having a film. So it's like the film was done in 2015 and it's like, well, how do you feel now? Do you stick by the th- some of the stuff you said? And so it was really good and the audience was highly engaged. And um, yeah, and the, the team, the barbecue, amazing. So great night all around. Fantastic. And then outside of your own, uh, your own exhibition, and so what, was, was there any highlight of Langston's film that, you, that comes to mind? Um, to be honest, I wasn't able to catch much of it, which is um, a real shame. It was an extremely busy time for me. 
Um, I'm just coming off the fifth of festival. Mm. But what I could see um, around me, uh, what was promoted, it just looked really rich and varied and just, you know, a fantastic program that's been enthusiastically put on. So, yeah, I'm really, just my first time with the latest Stone Last film and I can't wait for next year already. And what's next for you? Well, it's um, Black History Month. So I've got um, a really rich programme, once again, which I'm really pleased, is um, focusing on um, black music icons on screen. And it's been supported by Newham Council, so our neighbours, as it were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm showing films like, oh, I'm doing another tribute to Melik Shabazz. I'm screening The Story of Love is Rock. Oh, wow. And if I'm very, very lucky, I will get Janet Kay. The likes of Janet Kay, Silly Games, she's famous for that song. Mm. Um, I think it went to number one. And um, Carol Thompson and Victor Romero Evans. Um, he's an actor and um, artist and I think comedian as well. So if I get them to perform at Strapity's Picture House, ah, oh, yeah, that would be incredible. And so, yes, yeah, so I'm showing, showing that respect, Summer of Soul, and maybe a Halloween special with Candyman. So, yeah, check it out. It's all free. And, uh, yeah, just visit the website and um, have a good time again we on will, me. <laughs> we will do. And thank you for coming back on the Britflix podcast. Not at all, Stuart. You, you, did, a, you did a great service by, um, you know, having us on to chat about our programme. So God bless you. And, uh, yeah, keep up the good stuff. You are listening to the Leighton Stone Loves Film podcast series. Let's get back to the interviews. This is not another film club. I'm Ade. And I'm Alyssa. Nice to get you back on the show again, both of you. How was your Leighton Stone Loves film? Um, yeah, it was great. It was so much fun. Um, it was amazing to see the turnout. Um, we were walking up to the room and we were saying, oh, how funny would it be if it was just like five of our friends? And it was, it was fully packed out. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you want to remind people what it was, what it was you did? Yeah, we showed a film, a Thai film called Bad Genius at uh, Leighton Stone Library. And as part of that, we also hosted a quiz. And before the film, we um, had food from Singbury, which is like a local Thai restaurant. And uh, what, what was considered the hardest question on the quiz? I think the questions about the film um, that were like really niche were really hard. Yes, yeah, yeah. There was a round about the first round of the quiz, which is only five questions, was about the film, so how much people were paying attention. Ah. Um, there was one question I thought that was quite difficult. It was like the Russian poster for Star Wars, and then people thought I meant like a specific Russian film, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was a confusing <laughs> question. What was 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 there a winner of the quiz at the end of the at the end of the session? Yeah. There was, there was a, a group, actually a group of my friends, which makes it seem like I gave them the answer to something, but I didn't, I promise. Um, but yeah, there was, I think they, to their advantage, they were the largest group. Ah. So there was more of them, more minds to the question, um, to the quiz. From, from, from Europe, from the rest of the festival, what was, what was some of your highlights that you experienced or saw from Lane Stoner's film? Um, so I didn't get to see any of the uh, rest of the festival, unfortunately, because of so kind of, busy that period but I really what I really wanted to go to and I saw pictures of afterwards and it kind of made me even more sad that I couldn't go to was Apna's film Apna Film Club's 
showing of Mughaliazam, like mm. the, the Indian, the Bollywood film from, I think, the 60s. Yeah. Um, and their setup was amazing. I saw that there was people with henna and the food they served looked amazing. And it's just, yeah, I was really upset that I could make it that Sunday, but I was working. Yeah, it was a complete throwback to the 60s and 70s Apney Film Clubs of the day, I think. Yeah, it sounded like a really great event. I really wanted to make it too, but I, I couldn't. What's uh, what next for uh, not another film club? What you what are you doing after uh, in, in run up to the end of twenty twenty one? Anything planned? Um, we still have some funding um, from the uh, BFI and Cinema for All to host another screening, mm-hmm. um, but that it will only be the deadline for that is March twenty twenty two. So we're not in a rush, but I think um, we'll be putting our heads together soon about that. And where, where were you? Where are you likely to be screening that? Is that going to be in Leytonstone again, or are you going? Would you be elsewhere in East London? I'm not sure. Actually, I guess we could do it in Leytonstone again because, I mean, we, um, yeah, we haven't really thought it through yet. So another one of our members, Nicole, she, um, she's part of Deep Into Movies, where they do a lot of screenings around London. So okay. I think it'd be kind of seeing just what's available to us. I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about the festival was. Um, and I'm experiencing our, our event was like watching a film in like a in a space like 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 the library. Mm. Um, and I think the next step for us now is like a cinema, like an actual cinema. I'm really excited to like host a film in a cinema. I think that would be amazing. So yeah, we need to just find one that will let us do it. Well, good luck with your search. And it just gives me to say thank you very much for giving up your time on a Saturday morning to come back on the Britflix podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. You are listening to the Leighton Stone Loves Film podcast series let's get back to the interviews this is jake green from short circuit and how was your leighton stone loves film my leighton stone loves film was wonderful Stuart. just seeing everyone's projects taking shape Mm. over the course of a few days in that week it was really wonderful now short circuit was a trail rather than an exhibition of a film so how did how did it how did you found it worked with people following the trail, maybe seeing one, maybe going backwards on it or whatever? Well, it's interesting, yeah, because they were in unexpected places. So it was a bit of a journey of discovery for people. Some of them were more obvious than others and people would stumble across them. That was that was a really nice thing about it. And then once you stumbled across one, you could find a map and like it was much, much, much more... I don't know. It was very successful. It was a very satisfying. It was the first time we've ever done it. So it was a quite a bit of an experiment, but everyone seemed to really get into it. Brilliant, brilliant. And outside of what you were doing, what what for you was the was a highlight from Leighton Stoneless film? One of the highlights. So it is a bit narcissistic, my highlight, because I was so involved with what we were doing that I didn't get the chance to explore the rest of the festival very much. Okay. But there was this excellent moment where we were caretaking all the films in all the different locations. And one point during the short circuit, I was down at the pie mash shop, noted Elon Pie House. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys who's worked there for 60 years, Les, took a break from making pies on the Saturday and went outside and was just watching the film himself. Oh. So that was like a really special, like seeing people discovering it randomly, it was great, but that was like this real connection because there's some pictures of his mum that who was working in the shop in the film. And I got to chat about him. I just, I got to chat about the film to him and it was just a really positive celebration of that shop and that culture. 
Fantastic, fantastic, and and in 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 the in the short to medium term, what what's next for Jake Green? What are you up to? I'm working on an exhibition of um, photography work, a, a series that I've done over a number of years called Drink My Sweat, and I'm going to be doing exhibiting some of that later on in the year in Leytonstone as well. Fantastic, fantastic, keeping it local. So it's, yeah, I'm keeping it local for now. I've put quite a lot of energy locally. Mm. Um, and I want to celebrate the area and I want to just mark my territory a little bit. There are a lot of people I know that I want to celebrate. So I'm using my, my sort of expression, my visual art to mm. just solidify those connections a little bit more in my area, in our area. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming back on to the podcast to let us know how Langston Love's film went. Thank you, Stuart. You are listening to the Langston Love's film podcast series. Let's get back to the interviews. This is Irina, director of Sign for All Community. We provide awareness and accessibilities for deaf families. And how was your Leighton Stone Loves film? Um, it was brilliant. It was really, really lovely. We had a nice number of families that attended. There were a mix of hearing families and deaf families. And one family in particular were French themselves, which was brilliant because the film was a French film oh, wow. with English titles. So they really enjoyed it. And the film was really lovely because it was my first time watching it as well. Mm-hmm. But the animations work well with families and children. So they seemed to like, be engaged. They loved the popcorn that was on offer. So they were grabbing that on and off. And um, there was a performance before the film was shown. Mm-hmm. And it was of an artist called Sahira Khan. And she did a storytelling piece, which is a pre-recorded show hmm. and it's about a cockerel and a fox and it has a lot of metaphors and stories about children talking to strangers and to be aware things like that but what was nice is that you know she performed in bsl um it was very visual there were images with the characters she was teaching natural signs hmm. of animals and there was a voiceover subtitles so children who aren't deaf they got to really enjoy it and learn some new signs and they managed to sit down quite quietly for that performance, which was great. Because there's one little boy who kept running around all, <laughs> all the time. But for that particular show, he sat down and watched it. So in terms of bringing awareness and showing that access, I feel like that definitely did happen. And it was just really enjoyable. It was worth it. All that stress of making popcorns was um, <laughs> worth it. When the families attend and watch the film. Any any uh, any highlights outside of your uh, what you were involved with directly that you could, that, that, that that you enjoyed? It was nice meeting new people at Leighton Stone. Um, every year that I've joined like these festivals, I'm always meeting new staff members or volunteers. Mm. So I didn't get a chance to see other people's work, um, which hopefully next time I'll do that. Because mm. I know there's loads of things that were happening and they all look amazing. But again, yeah, just meeting staff, meeting the team, um, you know, like lighting people, um, volunteers just who came and supported me just like with preparation. I think that's always just a bonus and was really nice as well, aside from the actual event taking place. Cool. And... Um... And what what next for uh, for Sign for All? What have you what have you got what have you got on the horizon? I would definitely still like to do like an outdoor film event. That's like mm. something that I've always wanted to do with Leighton Stone. So maybe like something in like a, in an open space, mm. um, have maybe more performers involved, different kind of films being shown for children. 
So instead of like having one performance and one film, I like to do like a selection of different things to show mm-hmm. like different artists and just have like a really lovely outdoor community film event. Mm-hmm. I think that would be like my next step I'd love to do. And what other events have you got going on outside of London? Anything anything interesting? Yes. Um, so I am doing a film event um, based in Derby. So it's in the Midlands mm. and it's working with the Quad Cinema. It's funded by Film Hub Midlands and it's actually something that I've been meaning to do for a while, but due to COVID, it's been pushed back. So during the half term, we are doing two film screenings. We're showing Jungle Cruise for subtitles. Mm. Yeah. And then in the afternoon, we're doing a clay clay making workshop, which would be interesting. So the kids get to do like arts and crafts. Brilliant. And on the Thursday, we're showing the new Adams Family 2. Uh, in link with Halloween and we've got an animation workshop in the afternoon and that's open to deaf and hearing families it's free there's no charge um so the more the merrier and it's just really again embracing like awareness and just getting the community together so that'd be really interesting and really good films as well thank you very much for coming back on the podcast to let us know how it went thank you thank you for having me as well you are listening to the Leighton Stone Loves Film podcast series let's get back to the interviews this is marcus shepherd of stow film and how was your late stone loves film marcus it was busy and enjoyable and memorable and very productive what was what was your activities you were up to what was what made it what made it fun and memorable we were across several spaces. Um, We were in Langthorne Park doing three days of screening and also at the same time we managed to um, copy ourselves and also be in the Nexus Centre with uh, Sam Francis screening as well on the Sunday. And how was the the amphitheatre? Did did the weather weather hold out good for you? It held out well until the Sunday. Um, For the Friday and Saturday it was quite beautiful really and then on the Sunday we had to plan to move indoors, which is what we did. But the good thing about the screening in Langthorne Park was that um, we worked with We Are Parable um, showing the films that they'd chosen on the uh, Friday and Saturday. Mm. And then we had the film that we'd made, which we ended up showing the trailer for on the Friday. And I managed to film that trailer being screened by the audience who were watching the film mm-hmm. that was made in the park where they were going to see the film. And I managed to include the filming of the scene they were watching in the end of the film. And that was great. That's very clever. It, well, it worked out really well because in the amphitheatre, if you know it, lots of kids and other people that aren't necessarily invited, they hang around the back, which is great. And you hear them and they're quite chatty. And at one point when the uh, Langthorne Park film appeared, called One Day Langthorne Park, this voice went, that's our park. Oh. And that's... And that's become the end of the film. So it's it's the only dialogue in the whole film is a child saying, and you hear the subtitle, that's our park. Fantastic. So it's a really great ending. So yeah, you hopefully see that. And we're looking to screen it in the venue, actually. We're having conversations now about going back with the toy library. That was good. And then on the Sunday, at the same time as being Langthorne Park, we did an event with Sam Francis where we got to talk to her about her musicals, favourite musicals, and that was great because we put together some clips of uh, West Side Story, a Bob Fosse film, the Nicholas Brothers dancing, Fred Astaire, and the people watching it had probably never seen those clips before. And that was magical, actually. I bet, I bet. So so for, for you, just thinking anecdotally, what was what was the highlight of Leighton Stoneless film for you this year? 
Well, these these were the highlights, but also I I I, I supported Dominic Stinton with his um, Makers Like Acres event, mm. and um, I was helping him put the event together in the uh, park. Uh, well, actually, the church of St Mary's. Mm. It's St Mary's, isn't it? It's yeah. right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Church, yeah. And there was a wonderful moment when uh, I said to him, "Be great if you could get a bear costume," and he got a bear costume. Oh. So I was waiting for him to arrive. I looked across the road and suddenly Dominic turned up with actors in Victorian dress, walking down the road, a man in a bear costume. And Robin, the photographer, said, obviously, because he's a photographer and he's the person he was with, this is great because rather than photographing people sitting and watching movies, he was actually photographing something that was an activity and it mm. did look brilliantly incongruous. And as, the, and as I was there, this old chap walked by 90-something who turned out used to work in movies all these years and he was talking about his memories of that. So it was a lovely little oh, wow. bit of kind of anarchy and he was there with his wife called Cherry and uh, a lovely guy. And I got a photograph of him and Rob chatting and it had that weird feeling of that not every film event needs to be sitting around watching a movie. It was kind of, it had a good feeling of uh, chaos to it and it was great. It was really good. And what's, uh, what's on the horizon for Stowe Film Lounge? Well, as I said, we're going to be talking to um, Langthorne Park and uh, and the Toy Library and some of the community down there to carry on the idea of being Stone Film Lounge. And mm-hmm. um, they, they've got some support to do some screening. So hopefully we'll be able to show the Langthorne Park film in the park to the people that were involved in it and also establish there, hopefully, some ongoing activities, film-related. And then uh, we're looking to go indoors now as, we, uh, as the weather changes. So that's what next on our agenda. And, uh, and just carry on as we are. It's been a very busy, successful summer for us. So we're very happy and we're very pleased for everyone involved that it went down so well. Well, look, thank you very much for uh, coming back on the podcast to let us know how it went. Thank you, Stuart. And well done you too as well, mate, yeah? Cheers. You are listening to the Leighton Stone Loves Film podcast series. Let's get back to the interviews. This is Nula O'Sullivan from the Women Over 50 Film Festival. Welcome. How was your Leighton Stone Loves film? Absolutely terrific. And what and what was the highlight for you? The highlight for me was actually being in a room in the dark with something on a huge screen and hearing people laugh and gasp and sigh. It was such a, a great community atmosphere. And you you weren't you weren't just showing films, there was also some live activities going on. So how did that pan out? Yeah, we we screened we screened about ten films, mm. and then our friends at Quebeca Films uh, did uh, a response to one of the films. Uh, they chose Bronwyn Goes Dancing, and we all sat together in a huge big circle, and we followed these um, movements that the Quebeca gals led us in, and we we almost danced in pairs, although we weren't touching. And we bowed to each other from our chairs and we made eye contact with each other and we uh, dipped our toes in some water and we pulled along shopping bags and we did all kinds of things. And it was absolutely brilliant. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Now, outside of your, 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 uh, your event, what, what, what other aspects did you pick up on while, at the uh, Lane Stonewall's film this year? I guess, I mean, it's, it was, it was, again, it was all about the community, that we had things that were in person, we had things that were online, we had things that were inside and we had things that were outside. I mean, I just felt the whole um, the whole community um, together and individually really came together 
with all the different activities and films that were on offer. And I believe, Nuala, that you got some you got some feedback from from people that attended your event. Do you want to get, share some of their thoughts with us? Yeah, it was so it was so fantastic to actually be interacting with an audience again. I mean, we get feedback online, but to have postcards around the room and people filled out their comments, you know, it was just it was just a joy. It felt like I was back in the driving seat again and being part of cinema and community. People said things like, I like the granny one because she survived. And the films were intriguing and playful and evocative. I like the clown one and the Bronwyn one. And another person, Lynette, said, I love them all. I like the hurricane one. It was short and to the point. And I like the fell runner one. I've never seen anything like it. The energy. Mm. And really, that's what I'd say about the day. There was a real energy in the room and you know online is great but there's just a different atmosphere when people are all together in the same space watching the same thing it really does bring a special kind of energy and what what have you got planned in in the near future then i mean you while we're talking there's something going on now but but in terms of going forward what what's next for women over 50 well one of the big things is actually part of Leighton Stone Love's film and we have put together a DVD of some of our best films, which we showed um, at the library mm. as part of Leighton Stone Love's film. And we are sending those DVDs out to elder care homes in Leighton Stone. Um, and this is following up work we've been doing for a couple of years with Barbican. Mm. So it, it, previously we did it in person and now with COVID, that's not really a possibility so we've done the research and we found out that actually DVDs was what um, elder care homes wanted. They didn't want an online version. They didn't want to connect by Wi-Fi. They wanted a good old fashioned DVD. So that's what we produced. And we'll be taking that out to uh, older people in the Leytonstone area who maybe couldn't didn't get the chance to come in person to Leytonstone Loves Film. But they still are very much part of the Leytonstone Loves Film community. What a fantastic uh, sort of epilogue to the festival. The plan for the DVD is that it goes out to homes and it has a really nice creative activity sheet that goes with it. So people get a chance to watch 10 short films by and about older women. And then with the activity sheet, they get to produce, they get to create and draw a poster Mm. to create a poster for their favourite film. Or they get to write on a postcard about their favourite memory of being in the cinema. Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming back to let us know how it went, Nula. Total pleasure. Lovely to see you again. That's it for this episode of Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 podcast series. If you've got time, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Leighton Stone Loves Film is produced by The Barbican in partnership with local residents and organisations and is commissioned by the London Borough of Waltham Forest, supported by Arts Council England.